0: Living your life as both a spiritual teacher and spiritual student is not about learning or becoming anything. It's about remembering and living as the truth you are. With deep conviction and enthusiasm, Rev. Randy Vicky guides and encourages others to go within to their intimate space to find their infinite truth. Welcome to I Am Spirit Creating. Keep your hand on the plow and hold on. As a child, that was one of my favorite songs. As a matter of fact, when I think back, that's probably one of the first songs that I remember knowing. And when I say knowing, I mean being a child of four or five or six and singing along with the choir and not being able to wait until the chorus came up so I can sing along. Hold on, hold on. Keep your hands On the plow and hold on. But now I think of that song and I think about all the ways that it was keeping me hostage. It was keeping me from truly being free. It was allowing my relationship with God and with Bible and with church and with Jesus to be transactional rather than transformational. You see, I truly believe that I had to hold on to the plow. I I had to keep doing my work over and over and over again because if I didn't, if I didn't continue to pray, if I didn't continue to read my Bible, if I didn't continue to each and every day seek out this this entity, this, this white bearded man in the sky that I would never make it to this promised land because I wasn't doing my work and I wasn't plowing my fields and I wasn't holding on. And as I've become older and become clearer about what I want, I don't want a transactional relationship with God. I don't want a transactional relationship with the Bible. I don't want a transactional relationship with church, and I definitely don't want a transactional relationship with Jesus. Because what I believe is that Jesus was was our way-shower. He was a leader. He was a teacher. And He was showing us how to be transformational in God and how to be transformational in the Bible and how to be transformational as a church. So my question for you today is, are you longing for transaction, or are you looking for transformation? You see, we're about three chapters into the book of John, and I looked at this scripture all week long, and I thought, man, how cliche is it going to be? I'm going to stand in front of a congregation and tell them what John 3.16 means to me. This is probably the most cliche verse in the Bible. I bet you any child who has been going to church more than three months, whether they're three years old or 103 years old, can can read it off the top of their mind and can say it in the top of their head. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I have been a minister at Unity Southeast and I went through ministerial school and never have I done this verse as a sermon because I believed that in my mind it was tired and it was played out and everybody already knew what it meant. But this week and the last few weeks with what's going on with coronavirus and this week and what's been going on with the Black Lives Matter movement and this week and what's been going on with it being Pride Month, it cataclysmically came to me and I realized that I have had it all wrong and that I was looking at this verse once again transactionally rather than transformationally. I don't know about you, but I was buying into the stories. You see, um, the narration as a child went like this. Jesus was chilling, sitting in heaven with God, hanging out, doing nothing, Supporting God as he created the world and allowed the world to be formed and made the dinosaurs and but then all of a sudden Jesus said man, I'm just sitting here doing nothing And so God came to him and said man, these humans are really messing up the world These humans are really screwing things up. So what I want you to do And this is a story I bought into as a child and I bet you some of you guys still buy it into it today And I'm not faulting you for it. I'm just saying that I see it in a new way. And so I'm asking you today to allow me to plate it up for you and serve it to you. But you decide whether you eat it or not. And if you are transformationally intolerant, then I invite you not to eat it. But I at least want you to taste it for a moment if you can. You know, Jesus is chilling in heaven. He's hanging out with God. And God says, you know what? You got to go back down to earth. ...because they're screwing things up. And what I need you to do is this. I don't want you to go back as yourself. I want you to be a brand new baby infant. And I want you to be born of a woman. And I want you just to sit around for 30 years. And after 30 years and you've been around and you've seen what they're doing... ...then I want you to all of a sudden stand up and proclaim that you are the Son of God... ...and that you're going to change the entire world. So Jesus being reborn as a baby comes back to earth and sits around for 30 years and waits, and waits, and waits, and waits. This is what I was taught as a child because we had screwed things up so much. We had sinned so bad that God said, you're going to have to wait. And after 30 years, the moment people realize that you are the son of God, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you walk around in the wilderness and then talk to people. And then two years later, I'm going to ask you to die for me. I'm going to ask you to kill yourself because that's the only way people will know that the only way they can get to heaven is to be righteous and to read the Bible and to proclaim the truth. And then you'll die and they'll believe that that's the only way because that's the rules, buddy. That's the rules and we have to teach it to each and every one. What strikes me as odd is if God makes all the rules, why didn't He just change the rules so that He wouldn't have to send His child to earth and let them sit around for 30 years just to die on a cross so that people will realize that the only way to get into heaven was to proclaim God, read the Bible, love Jesus, and then and only then they'd get into heaven. Otherwise, they're damned to hell for the rest of their lives because God loves you so much. God loves you so much that if you don't do these things, he's going to condemn you. But if you do all these things and you do them perfectly, then you might get a chance to fit through the eye of the needle and make it into heaven. And whatever you do, don't question any of this information because you don't question God, you don't question Bible, you don't question religion. I don't know, but that story doesn't work for me. And what I found is in the third chapter of John, in this magnificent, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This, this, this cliche that has been shackling me for all these years finally set me free. Because what I realize is this right before Jesus says these words, he meets with Nicodemus and Nicodemus is the leader or one of the leaders of the Pharisees and he comes in the darkness of the night and he wants to trick Jesus. So he shows up and says, you know what? The Pharisees have been listening. We're so interested. We believe in everything you have to say and we're so glad you're here. But now tell me, why are you really here? What are you really trying to accomplish? What are you really trying to do? And Jesus said, we must teach people to make a relationship with each other and with God. Love your God with all of your might and all of your soul and love your neighbor as you love yourself. For God so loved the world. And I I want you to think about that. For God so loved the world. What if each and every single one of us so loved the world so loved it that we were able to see it as good and as light and as hope and as joy? What if we loved it so much that we would give up anything and everything to make that love noticed and accepted and embraced? Even give up our one and only child. For God so loved the world. I think what Jesus was saying is when we finally understand that We too can so love the world in each and every person in it, regardless of how they show up, regardless of what they express, knowing that within them is the divine nature of God, and we should love them so, so much. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his most precious gifts just so that love can be amplified. I'm asking you today, what are you willing to let go of? What are you willing to kill off inside yourself so that you too can so love the world and no longer judge one another and no longer judge yourself based on these ideas that we've created in this human world? What if we knew that the absolute truth was that if we just loved each other more than we loved anything or everything else? I think if that was the case, we wouldn't have what's going on with George Floyd. I think we wouldn't have what was going on with Tamar Rice. I don't think we would have what was going on in all the atrocities that have happened since the beginning of time till now, because I'm here to tell you that most war has been started because we've judged other people. Most hate has been created because we felt like we were better than or someone was worse than us. What if we just so loved him that we gave up everything, even what we've always believed, just to love so intently? What if? What if this phrase, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him, and that's where I really started to question because it says believeth in him, believeth in God, believeth in Jesus. But what I realized is that's not what Jesus was saying at all because Jesus was the one saying this. And what I started to realize is that the word believe really comes from a Latin word that means be love, belief. And in Dutch, "liefe" is love as well. And so believe started out being be love. So if we just love him, love her, love us, love them, I think that we could satisfy and quench a lot of the hate, a lot of the disturbance, a lot of the war. So whoever believeth in him, whoever believes, and I think that today humans have gotten all wrong because we believe in this or we believe in that or we believe this or we believe that, but very often we don't believe simply because we trust in God. We trust in someone else. I believe in you. You see, believe was originally meant for believing in someone, not in something. In our intellectual mind, we think that we have to get all the facts straight and say, well, this happened, this happened, this happened, A equals C equals B, therefore B must equal C. And we say, okay, it all makes sense, and I'm willing to suspend it a little bit, so therefore I believe in it. But what if it wasn't about any of that at all? What if belief had nothing to do with intellectualism and more with relationshipism? My relationship with you is so strong that I believe in you. Whether you are gay or straight. Whether you are black or white. Whether you are Hispanic or Native American. Whether you are Pacific Islander or you are Aborigine. I believe in you because I know that that thing that dwells in you, the Christ that makes you up is good. So therefore, you must be good. In unity we believe there's only one presence and one power in the universe and that one presence and power is good. So if there is only one, how can we ever say that something isn't good? Because if we say something isn't good, we're implying a duality that says there must be something more than this. And if this is only love and this is only God, then how can we hate anyone else? I strongly believe that when we hate anyone else, it's because we have hate for ourselves. So I'm asking you today to dispel that and think about the fact that you too can love the world so much that you can give up any precious thought that you've been holding on to, any precious idea, any precious action, anything your mom and dad told you, anything you were learned in school. What if we just boiled it down to everyone is a child of God. Therefore, everyone is love and everyone should be love. What if, what, if, what if it was that easy? What if getting into heaven had nothing to do with the work that you have to do and had to do with surrendering and letting go that it is all God and therefore if I just act in God, as God, and through God in most of my moments, on most of my days, then heaven on earth can actually be achieved and I don't have to wait to get there. I can embrace it and know it and feel it and move within it now. And I think that was what that last phrase was for whoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I think Jesus was willing to give his life because he believed that everyone should be loved and he knew that he didn't want to live in a world where that wasn't true. And I'm asking you to not want to live in a world where that's not true either. And I'm asking you to do your part to make it so that we are all loved. And I know you can't control anyone else but the thing you can control is you. And I promise you, if you show up as love, it will become contagious and it will spread like a virus and we see how well that works. If you just show up as love, it will become contagious and it will spread like a virus from one person to the next. Everyone that you're close to, everyone that you touch, everyone that you speak to, anyone that you spend your time with will somehow get some of that love within them and then they will take that love, whether they are asymptomatic or not of the love that you gave them and they will continue to spread it to someone else. So even if they don't get the love, they will still spread that love to someone else. And what if that love was holding a door? What if that love was giving them a smile? What if that love was simply putting on your mask? Because you understand the fact that it allows them to see that they matter and that they are important. I think this whole Black Lives Matter movement that's going on is we have a group of people that have been failed to be seen and failed to be heard and failed to be loved. I think this Black Lives Matter movement has to do with the fact that You have a group of people that have failed to be seen and failed to be heard and failed to be loved. So what if we just simply stopped right here, right now and closed our eyes and just getting a picture of someone that you know that is in this African-American community or a person of color or just anyone or anyone who has entered into your world regardless of what shade, regardless of what sexual orientation regardless of what gender identity, regardless of what political affiliation, and you simply saw them and you sent them love saying, I see you, I hear you, and I love you. Because for me, that's a life worth living. That is eternal life because if you're not living in that thought process or in that belief system, I feel like a part of you is already dead. If you're not walking and breathing and moving as the Christ and as love, I feel like part of you is already dead. And so if you want everything to be alive, if you want everlasting life, and you don't want anything in you to be perished, then I invite you to center into this scripture. For God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him, in her, in them, shall not perish, but have ever lasting life. That whoever believeth in them. Whoever believeth in themselves shall not perish but have ever lasting life. For me, holding on to the plow is holding on to the understanding and the belief that I am love. And I have to hold on to that and secure that in my hand and in my heart and in my mind and in my thoughts and in my words and in my actions. And I have to see it and hear it and love it in each and every other individual as well. Today, I invite you to love the world. Today, I invite you to believe in another individual Today, I invite you to give up everything that no longer served you to simply be love. And when you do that, it's a whole new life. And those parts in you that have felt dead, they will rise up again. Today, I invite you to crucify anything that no longer serves you so that you Can be resurrected in the truth. And you can become the truth. The light. And the way. And in this moment of darkness. Oh do we need you to be the light. And in this moment of confusion. Oh do we need you. To be the way. This is my wish. For you. This is my assignment to you. This is something that I'm willing to die for too. I am a child of God. And I, in this moment, have been sent here for a mission. To live and breathe and stand on earth for 49 years so I can stand before you today and let you know that There's nothing worth living for if it isn't made and seen and heard in love first. God bless each and every one of you. The peace in me recognizes the peace in you. The love in me recognizes the love in you. So namaste.